All right, sweet. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Thematic Commander. This week, we are going to be doing a cycle deck, um, but we'll get into what cycle that is exactly in the episode. Here we go. If you are killed in the Avatar's state, the reincarnation cycle will be broken, and the Avatar will cease to exist. So, um, yes, it's not going to be Avatar. I know I've done that before. Um, this one, oh, well, sorry. Hello, welcome back to Thematic Mander. Uh, I'm Wolfie Star around the internet. I don't know, it's been a while since I recorded one of these, so I'm kind of a little bit crazy. So we're going to start off with my week in Magic uh, and a few other gaming things. So this week I was able to play, I believe, two games uh, on Play EDH. Oh, I was able to play Toski, uh, the new Squirrel Commander, uh, which I ended up Getting very far in the game, considering I made a rule for myself where I can only attack in a circle, um, and I was actually able to attack every player every turn in that turn cycle, uh, not for the fact that Tusky is indestructible, but most of the times, the way I built the deck, very low to the ground, a lot of ways to draw, I never had an empty hand the most of the entire game, uh, with there being multiple Wraths that did exile Tusky. Uh, the deck is able to keep its hand very, very consistently. So it was actually a really good uh, deck, and I want to keep playing it. Uh, the second game, I believe I was able to play with some of my f local friends group, and we ended up playing... Um, I can't really remember. Oh, God, it's been so long. But that's okay. But anyways, so... And then I was able to play my D&D &D game this week, uh, which went over really well. Um, I don't know if I was also, if the last episode I was able to explain the other D&D, or the other role-playing game I was playing, um, which is like the X-Files version, um, but that went okay. Uh, we're going to be doing another one of those soon, but in the D&D game, we finally got past the, or we finally got into basically what is the next boss fight, which is a entire town surrounded in an orb of darkness. We walked into it. Uh, inside, the only lights that would work are magical lights, which we do have quite a few spellcasters in the group. I'm the only fighter and also the only human. We were able to hear flapping as we went inside, and we ended up getting attacked by these giant... But not giant. I guess they are the size of your head because they fit over our rogue's head, our halfling rogue's head, and we're trying to drain the life from our rogue. We were able to get it off. Um, we kind of figured out pretty quickly that they were attracted by sound and not light. Uh, we ran into a house. We had this whole encounter where one of our, uh, the, the same rogue, his chest opened up. It has a crystal inside, and this demon lady came out and then banished the wizard that we had summoned to help us out, uh, banished her into a different realm, and said that she was going to let these creatures kill us. Um, right now, we're stuck. We're outside. We decided, hey, you know what's the best idea is to go and attack these things. So we walked to the center of town. Well, we stealthed to the center of town. And we have a ballista, because our golem can turn into a ballista. And we have decided to illuminate the surrounding area and there is a what is as big as the t uh, town square and and wider 
uh, one of these brain suckers. On to new business. Today's mission is for you all to go to the brain slug planet. What are we going to do there? Just walk around not wearing a helmet. Sounds great, Hermes. <laughs> Whatever you say. <laughs> that has a giant crystal inside of it, which is hit it for massive <laughs> or hit its weak points. Um, so now that's where we're at. I obviously am a fighter. There's not a whole lot I can do against the Flyers. We do have a lot of casters, but we have been nonstop trying to figure out how we kill this without losing, uh, without getting a complete uh, wipe of the team. But we will see as that goes on. Um, for this week, oh, there's a little bit of news that I'm super excited for, um, and I'm going to go over it right now. So Wizards announced that it's going to be doing uh, crossover IPs. I'm sure you've heard of it. I'm super excited for the Warhammer 40k that they announced that they're going to be commander decks. I cannot wait. I want those decks so badly. I want the I want to get altars so that the entire deck is Warhammer 40k. I hope there's Tyranids. I hope there's Space Marines. Uh, I'm started. I started reading the Horus Heresy, um, and I'm not quite through it because there's quite a few books. But what I've gotten through it so far, I love it. Uh, I've read. All of Eisenhorn, if you want to start with a Warhammer 40k book that just gives you a really good introductions into the Warhammer 40k series, reading Eisen, the Eisenhorn um, series of books, really great, gets you really into the feel of what 40k is at probably the time period that they'll be doing. Um, but then the Horus Heresy, at least the very first three or four books, wonderful to read, really gets you into the history of Warhammer 40k, um, but obviously other people know more than I do about 40k, but I love, I really can't wait. Uh, and then the other IP that they have announced so far is Lord of the Rings, which, uh, I mean, I've read The Silmarillion, I've read most of those books, I'm super, I'm just so excited for 40k that it kind of over overtakes the Lord of the Rings. I thought if I had just heard the Lord of the Rings one, I'd be super excited about that, but for right now, uh, I like I like this. I know a lot of people are really not down for crossover IPs. Really, I don't care. Um, if it was strictly game mechanics-wise, it wouldn't make much of a difference. Um, it is bad how they do it with the secret layers, introducing new cards that aren't readily available for people, but I'm pretty sure they're not doing it with these IPs, considering the Lord of the Rings is going to be an entire set unto itself, and the 480K are going to be commander Commander cards, which are unique cards in Commander decks. We've had it before. True Name Nemesis. They've reprinted True Name Nemesis. They're reprinting True Name Nemesis in Time Spiral uh, Remastered. So I feel like this isn't really that big of a deal. Um, but you can have a discussion with me if you think I'm completely wrong on Twitter uh, at WolfieStar12. Or no, sorry, that's my uh, email. If you want to email me at WolfieStar123 at gmail.com. Uh, you can do that, or maybe it's at 1-2. I'll have it in the show notes if you want to look. Or you can tweet at me, at WolfieMTG, or Thematic Commander, whichever way you want to look that up. All right, um, so let's get into today's deck. You may have noticed that you're getting older, and you might realize that you can never go back. You'll never be young again. So if every living thing is getting older and older and eventually dying, how can there be any young living things around? Well, every living thing has a life Cycle. Look out! All right. Uh, so, so uh, I had this idea for this deck for quite a while as well. Um, I got this from. I'm pretty sure I was listening to another podcast talking about how 
uh, game design works and how um, Mark Rosewater said that finishing cycles is super important when it comes to uh, card design. Um, not ha like having something represented in each color and having that mechanic or a certain mechanic in each color finishing out a set. You've even seen places where they don't finish out ci cycles, like the collected cycles, the collected brutality, collected defense, uh, and collected effort. Now, those are three cards, one being collective brutality, being in black, collective defense, uh, or defiance being in red, and collective effort being in white. They don't have the they don't have green or blue collective cycles that are in a rare. Um, these also have the escalation mechanic on them, so none of they don't have a blue or a green rare. Uh, escalation card which i don't know this happens sometimes in magic where they'll just start with a cycle and then not end it in the same rarity which kind of gives you a bad feeling a feeling of incompletion uh whereas we have certain cycles that are a little offset like the um ancestral recall healing salve lightning bolt dark ritual and giant growth uh I believe would be one of the first cycles. Now, when they first were designing that, they thought they were all pretty much equal. Lightning Bolt being three damage, Rampant Growth being, or not Rampant Growth, uh, Giant Growth being plus three power, Healing Salve being prevent three damage, Dark Ritual being add three mana to your mana pool, and then uh, Ancestral Recall, draw three cards, all for one, one of that color. So green or red or white. Uh, now, we all know that Ancestral Recall is a little bit more powerful than Healing Salve. Uh, but at the time, that is a cycle, and they all do have the exact same costs within their colors. And they all are part of the five colors of magic. Well, over this game, this game's cycle, life cycle, uh, they have definitely followed that. And for the most part, in most sets, they have a cycle that is of the same rarity, same kind of converted mana cost, and has similar uh, effects. Well, not similar effects, but effects that uh, follow the line of color. So most, uh, most recently, we've had the cycle of gods. We have a mythic in each color uh, that is a god, and we have a rare in each color that has a god. Uh, now they might have some more, uh, more or less things like that. And then multicolor and things like that as well. In this deck, I'm only going to be playing cards that are from a complete cycle. What I mean by that is if I have a bringer of the Black Dawn, I'm going to have all four of the other colors in this deck. Um, I've really wanted to do this. I think it's really cool being able to say, if I'm playing any card in this deck, the corresponding cycling card or cycling cycle the corresponding card of that cycle will be in the deck so i also chose joda to be the leader of this um for the most part because he can help cast almost any of the cards in our deck uh, as well as it's not golos uh, which would have been the third time i used golos as a five color commander um the next commander or the next decks i have an idea for i'm going to be doing starcraft uh versions of each of the races and then when 40k comes out, I will definitely have a 40k, another 40k themed deck out, but that's probably not going to be for a year. Um, so let's give you a little bit of background on Joda 
and then we'll jump right into the deck tech. So Jota was a powerful Archmage during Dominaria's Dark Age and Ice Age, who was present for many of the important historical events on Tercier, uh, during that period. Jota was very influential during the Ice Age in developing and researching the aspects of colored magic on Dominaria. He was also a major contributor to the return of the Shard to the rest of the multiverse. Jota looks deceptively young and spots uh, sports a mane of brown hair. If you want some more um, history on Jota, you can go listen to the Vorthoth, po Vorthoth podcast. To the Vorthos podcast, uh, they do a great job describing who the characters are and everything like that. I can even uh, post a link to the episode where they talk about Joda for you, if you'd like. Um, but with that and a little bit of history on cycles, let's get to the deck tech. This is not a moment, it's the movement Where all the hungriest brothers with something to prove Went, foes oppose us We take an honest stand, we roll like Moses Claiming our promised land And if we win our independence Is that a guarantee of freedom for our descendants? Or will the blood we shed begin an endless cycle of vengeance And death with no defendants? Alright, and if you give me one moment, I'll be right back Alright, so uh, what I mostly tried to do for the deck, uh, I started out trying to only include cycles that are before the reserve list cards. And also, uh, if you look at the deck on Architect, which I'll have posted, the maybe board, for the most part, has every rare cycle. Uh, so there's tons and tons of uncommon, common, uh, mythic and rare cycles in Magic. Uh, and to fit them all would be impossible into this deck. So I chose to use the only the rare ones, because they're the most splashy ones. And then only, well, rare ones and also uh, the set of commons, common ones that I have in the deck, which you'll we'll get to. Uh, and then in the maybe board, I have every cycle I could find, as well as some of the cycles that are incomplete, which I'd, I'd probably go over a couple of them in magic from every set after or after the reserve list which i believe starts right after urza's legacy which would be i want to say odyssey or invasion but you'd have to look it up a little bit more i'll probably also post that and find that for you um but yes the maybe board is every single cycle of card which a lot of them will line up with each other because they start with, like, Cavalier of Night, Cavalier of Thorns. So they'll all be within alphabetical order. Or Chancellor of. Uh, but let's start with the main deck. So Joda, Archmage Eternal. Uh, one in Jeskai for a 4-3 Flying Legendary Human Wizard. Uh, you may pay one of every color rather than paying the mana cost uh, for spells that you've casted. So hopefully we'll get to one of every one of our colors and we'll be able to cast all of our cards because there's going to be one in every single color cycle. Um, but yeah, so that's Joy, uh, Joda. I'm going to go through these pretty quickly. I want this to be a kind of a short episode so that I can start working on the StarCraft one. Um, but let's go. So with the Planeswalkers, we have the original cycle of Planeswalkers from Lorowen, which will be uh, a Johnny Goldmane, two white, white, legendary 
or well, not legendary because at the time it wouldn't have been legendary. Uh, Planeswalker Johnny. It has four loyalty, plus one gain two life, minus one. Put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. They gain vigilance until end of turn. Minus six creatures or create a white avatar creature token. It has power and toughness equal to your life total. Uh, then we have Chandra Nalar, uh, which pings somebody. Minus X's to target creature, minus X being the loyalty, minus 8, 10 damage to target player, and each creature that player controls starts with 6 loyalty. Garrick Wildspeaker, now I think this is probably one of the stronger of the original uh, Planeswalkers, which I think would see more play in EDH, but maybe it doesn't. But Garrick Wildspeaker is 2 green green, plus 1 untapped 2 lands, uh, any 2 lands, minus 1 create a 3 3, minus 4 ramp it or uh overrun and it starts with three loyalty now when i first saw this card this is like my maybe second year in magic when this card first came out and it like all the planeswalkers were a wow it they were it was such a crazy feeling uh i don't know how it felt for other people's but this when i'm looking at this card it really brings me back to opening Lorwyn playing that block constructed like oh it was so crazy uh jace balarin one blue blue starts with three loyalty it has a lot of draw effects and then it's minus is minus uh target player puts the top 12 cards of their library into their graveyard sure uh liliana vest now this is a good one as well uh it allows you to tutor it has its plus on a discard to target player and then it's minus eight is a um Rise of the Dark Realms, uh, which is great, and it starts with five loyalty. It's minus two being a tutor. Uh, Vampiric Tutor is also great. Uh, four. Whew, I don't know how to go over these, uh, but let's start with the enchantments because that's also really easy. Uh, Argyle's Bloodfast, one in a black. It's a greed, and then it flips into a land, which the land allows you to add one black and then also sacrifice a creature to gain life equal to its toughness. Uh, Growing Rites of Iklamog. Itlamog. Uh, this uh, allows you to look at the top four cards of your library and put a creature card from among them into your hand, and then it's it has an effect at the beginning of your end step. If you control four more creatures, transform it, and it transforms into a, basically a Gaia's Cradle, uh, but a little bit better. So if this was just a land on the backside, it'd be better than Gaia's Cradle. Uh, because you can add one green without having any creatures. But if you can, its second ability is tap to add one green for each creature you control. Legion's Landing creates a 1 1 with lifelink. And then when you attack with three or more creatures, you flip it. And the flip card allows you to create more creatures for two and a white tap, add one white vampire to your uh, to your field. Search for Iskanta. Is one in a blue, uh, you basically kind of scry at the beginning of your upkeep. If you don't like it, you get to put it into your graveyard instead of on the bottom of your library. And then when you have s when you have seven or more cards in your graveyard, you flip it. And then the flip allows you to pay one in a blue to look at the top four cards of your library and put a non-land, non-creature from among them into your library and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. And then... Vance's Blasting Cannons. Vance's Blasting Cannons is three and a red legendary enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep. 
Exile the top card of your library. If it's a non-land card, you may cast it without... You may cast it... Oh, huh, huh, I'm going to get there. Uh, you may cast that card this turn. And then whenever you've cast your third spell per turn, you may flip it. And it's flip side. Um, all of them tap to add one color of their corresponding color to the mana pool. And then two in a red deal three damage to target creature or player, which I, I think would probably be to any target, but I'm not completely sure. We're going to try by cycle. Um, so some of these cycles are all over the place, so we're going to get there, though. So we're going to start with the pulse cycle. So pulse is from dark steel, I believe. So pulse of the grid is the blue version. So one blue, blue, instant, draw two cards, then discard a card from your hand. And then the special effect on pulses is then if any, or then if an opponent has more cards in their hands than you, you may return the pulse to your hand. So all of them are going to be kind of corresponding. So pulse of the forge, one red, red, uh, it deals four damage to target player. And then if that player has more life than you, you return pulse. Pulse of the fields, you gain four life. Uh, if your opponent has more life than you, return pulse of the fields to your hand. Uh, pulse, pulse of the Dros, pulse of the Dros, is the black version. Target player reveals three cards from their hand. Uh, choose one of them. That player discards that card. Then, if that player has more cards in their hand than you, return pulse. And then pulse of the tangle, one green green. Create a three three beast creature token. If that opponent controls more creatures than you, return it to your hand. So that's our pulse cycle. All right. So now the miracle cycle. So we have term in our white version of the miracle cycle we have terminus uh four white white sorcery put target put all creatures on the bottom of their owner's library miracle for one white uh miracle is this this is the first card you draw this turn you may pay its miracle cost revenge of the hunted is the green version of it so four green green until end of turn target creature gets plus six plus six and gains trample and all creatures able to block it this turn do so. It miracles for one green. Uh, this is in my Tusky deck because a lot of the lore effects are in my Tusky deck. So the red version of the miracle cycle is Reforge the Soul. Uh, now this does break from the uh, converted mana cost, which I was trying to stick to at one point, but then I just said forget it. I really rather just have the cycle in. Um, Reforge the Soul is a wheel of fortune, but it has. But it's for three red red, and it also has a miracle of one in a red. Devastation Tide. Devastation Tide is also three blue blue, which matches well with the red. Return all creatures, all non-creature permanents to their owner's hand. Miracle for one in a blue. What you notice with a lot of these cycles, they will have, for the most part, what I cherry-picked are things that have giant effects on the board. So, like, Devastation Tide is going to be our one of our wrath effects terminus is going to be a wrath effect reforge the soul is going to allow us to fill back up our hand uh and then so they didn't finish off the miracle cycle in that set so most of the time they usually finish off the cycles in the set but they were missing one cycle where there wasn't a black miracle and we didn't get a black miracle until one of the commander decks, which is Entreat... Oh, sorry. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. No, sorry. Uh, because Entreat the Angels was a white card, or was a mythic white card uh, from that set. 
which technically I would have felt broke the cycle on that because there is a Bonfire of the Dam, which is a mythic miracle card, in Sheet the Angels, which is a mythic miracle card. Uh, we also had a blue mythic miracle card, which was uh, Temporal Mastery, which was take an extra turn. Uh, but we didn't have a, I don't believe, I couldn't find it, a green mythic miracle card or a black mythic miracle card. But in Treat the Dead, XX, uh, black, 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 return X target creature cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. If you miracle it, instead it's just X, black, black. You can miracle at instant speed, even if it's a sorcery, if it's the first card you drew that turn. Just as a heads up. I am playing the mythic cycle of MDFC cards from Battle for Zendikar, uh, because they count as lands. It also helps us uh, get our way through. So we have Turn Timber Symbiosis. Uh, I'm not going to read these because you... It's such a recent cycle, you probably know it. Uh, Seagate Wreckage, Myria's Call, uh, Argon's, uh, Argon, Argon's Awakening. Oh. And then uh, scatter shul, er, Shatter Skull Smashing. <laughs> um, yep, so they're all in the deck. We have the, I think they were called, I guess you would call them the last cycles. Uh, even though the red one isn't really last because the god didn't die these are the ones from hour of devastation so bantu's last reckoning one black black destroy all creatures obviously a great effect um to destroy all creatures for three mana lands you control don't untap during your next untap step so that's going to be a common theme in this cycle hazard's undying fury because hazard didn't die in that uh in hour of devastation which is four red, red, sorcery, searcher, shuffle your library, then exile the top four cards of your light. You may cast any number of non-land cards with converted mana cost five or less from among them without paying their mana cost. And then you may not untap your lands. Kefnet's last word for blue, blue, gain control, gain control of target artifact, creature, or enchantment. Same effect at the end. Oketra's last mercy. Your life total becomes equal to your starting life total for one white, white. And then Ronus's last stand, green, green, create a 5-4 snake creature token. And then your cards don't untap, or your lands don't untap. I am playing, there are quite a few Wraths in this deck, which is awesome. I will give you the number um, towards the end of here. But Hour of Revelation, three, so I'm playing all of the Hours. Hour of Revelation, three, white, white, white. This spell costs three less to cast if there are ten or more permanents on the battlefield. Non-land permanents. Uh, destroy all non-land permanents. Hour of Promise is our ramp spell. Hour of Eternity allows us to drag back some of our creatures, which we're playing 24 of them. And then Hour of Devastation is a wrath that uh, deals five damage to all creatures and they lose indestructible. Oh, and to each non-Bolus Planeswalker, apparently, as well. Those are all of our sorceries. And then onto our creature cycle that I'm playing. I am playing all of the Gear Hulks. So the green gear Hulk uh, allows us to get uh, distribute four plus one plus one counters. It's a four four, just becomes really big. Uh, Torrential gear Hulk allows us to flash back most of the pulses, some of our other effects that are instances. Um, oh, sorry, the last hour card, Hour of Glory, 
which allows us to exile a target creature. If it's a god, its controller reveals his or her hand, exiles all cards with the same name, uh, but it's just a single target removal spell. Uh, the Red Gear Hulk allows us to deal a little bit of damage. We do have some higher CMC cards in here that also double as lands, or we can get them out for a reduced cycle. And then the white one is another Wrath effect, uh, which is kind of crazy. I am playing quite a few Wraths in this deck. This is going to be a control deck. Uh, I am playing the Megamorph Cycle. Uh, like I said, I am cherry-picking what I want to play in this deck because of there being so many cycles. Uh, and then if you want to build this deck which I wouldn't not suggest. Uh, I have all of the cycles in the maybe board. You can just kind of take out a cycle you don't like, put in a cycle you do like. Um, one of these cycles is one of my favorite cycles, even though I don't get to play with them very often because they're very restrictive in their mana, but we'll get to it soon. Uh, the Black Gear Hulk is a destroy effect and also gains us life. And also is just a big 5-4 menace beater. Uh, now for the Megamorph. We have Stratus Dancer, which allows us to counter target instant or sorcery. It has Megamorph. Sultai Assassin uh, allows us to destroy target target creature with power three or less that an opponent controls. Ire Shaman, which when it turns face up, exile the top card of your library until end of turn you may cast that card. Uh, it Megamorphs for one red. Hidden Dragon Slayer destroys target creature with power four or greater. Wow, this is really a control deck. And then we have Den Protector, which is uh, Megamorphs and gets us back a... Just regrowths a card from our graveyard to our hand. Uh, we are playing the full set of, obviously, it's always going to be the full set, of the Flip Planeswalkers from Origin. So Nissa Vastwood Seer, Liliana Heretic Healer, uh, Kithian Hela Hero of Aroes, and Jace Vryn's Prodigy as well as Chandra, Fire, Fires of Kaladesh. And then the last cycle, that the last cycle in our creatures are the Bringer creatures. So all the Bringers are seven, seven and their corresponding colors. So Bringer of the Black Dawn is seven black black, but you may pay one of any color, or one of every color instead of paying its regular mana cost. It has Trample. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may pay two life. If you do search your library for a card, then shuffle your library and put that card on top of it. So at the beginning of each upkeep, right before you draw, you get to Vampiric Tutor. Um, really great effect. It's a 5-5. Five five. They are artifacts. Or no, they're not. They just look like artifacts. Holy Jesus. Uh, Bringer of the Blue Dawn at the beginning of your upkeep has all the same effects, but at the beginning of your upkeep, you get to draw two cards. Uh, Green Dawn brings you gets you a 3-3. Three three. And Red Dawn, at the beginning of your upkeep, you may uh, threaten a creature. And then the White Dawn, at the beginning of your upkeep, you may return target artifact card from your graveyard to your or to the play. Now, we're going to get to, well, all the, I guess all of the um, Gear Hulks are also artifacts. So you can just get Gear Hulk effects, which are kind of cool. Um, now on to our artifacts. This is the last cycle we're playing. And it just so happens to be our only ramp cycle. I personally couldn't think of a... Well, no, that's not true. Um, all of the talismans are also ramp cards um, that I could be playing. I couldn't think of any green land ramp that is part of a cycle, obviously. Um, because there's probably not a blue rampant growth. Uh, we could be playing the talismans. 
I guess, but I don't think that would really help in this deck, being that we're so many different colors. Um, but let's do it. So, the Signet Cycle. So we have all ten of the Signets. Azorius, Boros, Golgari, Demir. And then we have one last, <laughs> one last card in the cycle, which is Arcane Signet. Um, all of them are two mana. All of them produce mana. So that's what we get to play as our 11 ramp spells. When it comes to our lands, we are able to play uh, most land cycles. So if you want to play the original 10 duels, you can do that. If you want to play the shock lands, you can do that. Uh, notably, I am playing all of the castles uh, in this deck because they all have pretty decent effects. Two are, one creates a creature, one ramps us, one draws us a card, one deals um, extra damage uh, in the form of pumping people's attack, and then one scries us. Uh, but I will be playing all of the shock lands because I have them, all of the pain lands because they those are completed cycles. There are quite a few of them that are not completed, like the triomes. So we can't play the triomes because they're not part of a complete cycle, not part of a complete balanced breakfast. Um, as you've noticed, that's the entire deck. But there are quite, oh, I'm playing a total of 33 normal lands and then uh, five from the mythic cycle of MDFC lands, and then five of our enchantments that flip over into lands. But um, you notice there are a lot of missing cycles. Uh, every, like, we're not playing the channeler, uh, the channeler cycle, which have a pregame effects. We're not playing the, um, we're not playing any of the Praetors, which I also would, wish I had in. I'm literally going down this list. We're not playing any of the gods, even though, uh, we just had Kaldheim, which had all of the gods. We're not playing any gods. I had them in the deck. Uh, I just couldn't justify keeping them in there because the CMCs were so high. Uh, the CMC for this deck right now is... I kept it at 3.9. Uh, considering the bringers are probably bringing us way too high and that we're not going to be paying 7, 8, 9. We're not going to be paying 9 mana for the bringers most of the time. Uh, this is probably around a three CMC, which I like to say is about correct. Um, we have the average and the maybe board. We have, uh, the avatars of, so avatar of woe, avatar of will, avatar of hope. Um, funny enough. Also there's, I believe two cycles. We actually cannot play in their completion. Um, you could probably guess them, but if you can't, it's the the Titan cycle. So Grave Titan, Inferno Titan, Sun Titan, Frost Titan, and then the one we cannot play, Primeval Titan. For good reason. For good reason we can't play Primeval Titan. That card's insane. But that's one of the cycles we can't play. And then funny enough, the powered down versions of those are the Primordials. So we can't play, if we wanted to keep to the theme, we can't play... Any of the other primordials, which are all pretty okay, and some of them be pretty bad, because you can't play Sylvan Primordial, uh, which is basically like a sun or like a primeval titan, except it allows you to destroy non-creature permanents, and then for each player, for each opponent, and then go and search out a land. That card is so insane. I remember being able to play it. The card is crazy. Um, all you want to do is copy that effect constantly. So you're just destroying people's uh, lands, going to suture up one of yours. Copy it. Do it again. Do it again for each player. Um, 
Some notable cycles that weren't, quote-unquote, weren't completed. So, I don't know how you feel about this one. Tell me how you do. The God Eternal cycle, I would consider is not finished. Even though in that set, they did come out with a red god. But it's not a God Eternal. Because uh, Hazaret's still alive. I mean, you could technically say the same thing for the uh, last cycle that I have in this deck, which I wouldn't challenge you on because, yes, the red one is not a last card. Um, but for that, that's what I would say. Also, bringing up the Bonfire of the Damned, Entreat the Angels, and Temporal Mastery, us not having a green mythic miracle or a black mythic miracle uh, kind of sat wrong in my crawl. Also, also... I know you guys are probably getting tired of listening to this, but it gets me gets me going, gets me angry. Uh, the Ley Line. So yes, there is a completed Ley Line cycle. Ley Line of Life Force, Ley Line of uh, Lightning, Ley Line of Singularity, Ley Line of the Meek, and Ley Line of the Void. Probably one of the only ones you might have, or you might hear of more than any others is Ley Line of the Void. Uh, you might see Leyline of Life Force, probably not, because there's a lot better cards. And maybe Leyline of Singularity, which doesn't see a whole lot of play in this format. I wonder why, because it would probably only kill tokens. But they came out with another Leyline cycle in the form of uh, a different green one, a different red one, a different blue one, which would be Leyline of... It's the Leyline that gives you Flash, which is a great Leyline. And then Leyline of... Um, the white one that gives you Hexproof, which is also a great one. Hey everybody, so I don't know if it was annoying everybody else, but when I was re-listening to this episode to edit it, uh, I realized I didn't just say the names of those ley lines and take the time to pull them up. So, there was actually two more newish cycles of ley lines that were printed. So we had ley line of abundance, ley line of anticipation, ley line of combustion, uh, ley line of sanctity, which was printed twice, and then we actually had uh, another one in M11, which was Leyline of Punishment and Leyline of Vitality. Leyline of Punishment and Leyline of Vitality also went side by side with a new set of Leyline of Anticipation and Leyline of Sanctuary, or Sanctity. Um, but Leyline of the Void is the only black Leyline that was ever printed. So there you go. And back to the show. But then they didn't finish out the cycle with a new black Leyline, they just reprinted Leyline of the Void. Which is fine, but if you're going to make different ley lines, uh, make a different black one at some point. Uh, even though that's the best one, it needed a reprint. It was very expensive, so I'm not going to hold that to anybody. One of the first cycles I came across after um, that I really liked was the Pit Fighters. So there's all the Pit Fighter ley line or Pit Fighter cycle: the blue one, the black one, the green one, the red one being Kamal. Um, there's so many cycles, obviously. Uh, those were a few of the incompleted ones that I went over. I'm sure there's tons of incompleted cycles that people really want to see done. And then some cycles that reach over, uh, the Souls of, so Souls of Ravnica, Soul of Nuphorexia. Those go into a six or six thing cycles, which is crazy awesome. The Word cycle. But yeah, um, feel free to message me and tell me what your favorite cycle is. Uh, if you can find it and message it to me, I think that's awesome. I really like this. Um, try messaging me the entire cycle, which would be cool. And yeah, uh, I hope you liked it. All right, on to the Note to Wizard. 
So when the world is reborn, when paradise opens, we will meet again. This one will be waiting for you. Find this one. And next time, the paradise you hoped for will be... Chesla! Mm, sorry. I'm finishing eating my pizza. I made a little pizza. Anyways, so that was the end of Wolfrain. Uh, it is a cycle. Just as a heads up, <laughs> uh, I watched it a very long time ago, but it was pretty good. So in our section of note to wizards, uh, this time, I think, I think the only thing that I really want to write is that I'm, thank you so much. And I'm super excited for the crossover IP for Warhammer 40k. Um, so I'll probably just write very excited for the 40k cross crossover. Please try your best to not overdo it. Do it. So it always try not to overdo the crossovers or they will not feel special. Special at wizards at magic wizards. There we go. So yeah, I'm just really excited obviously for the Warhammer 40k crossover i feel like at the very most what it'll do for us is i'm going to treat these as altered arts that wizards are putting out and yeah it might also seem kind of schnitty that wizards is putting out these altered arts when you could just be going to artists which i fully support please go to artists and get their altars but i definitely don't think there's any way that they're going to make every hundred cards in the deck 40k themed if they do i mean i guess that's awesome but there's definitely going to be characters that i'm going to want altered and show on the card so i'm going to go to an artist i'm going to ask them uh to digitally render or however that i feel that they can best uh, depict the character i want and put it in an altar on a card so at the very least i'll be able to support the artist that way but that's how i'm treating most of these um cards just as altered arts if you don't like it, I mean, for Negan, uh, all I did was I bought a altered sleeve of some random really cool-looking dragon, put it over um, the existing card, and said, okay, this is Negan. He's obviously not this character, because I don't watch... I watched The Walking Dead for one season, and it was whatever, but I just really loved the effect, and I wanted to play it, so that's what I did. Um, but I don't like the art. I didn't like the crossover. So I just made another altar and put it on top. So that's what I would say if you don't really like the Lord of the Rings altar, but you really need to play the card, go ahead and get an altered sleeve. I think they're all of like six bucks or uh, go ahead and alter it however you want. Proxy it for all I care. It doesn't really matter when it comes to playing in Commander. So uh, there we go. And let's get on to the outro. Oh, uh, the deck comes in at about, sorry, I don't know if anybody really cares, comes in at about $200 with the sideboard being over $900 uh, because there's 162 cards in it. But $200, uh, I think there's just a huge inflation right now happening on some of these cards. Most cycles are pretty cheap, like the bringer cycles being sold and never seeing a reprint. The black one is $2, the blue one is 6 the white, red... 
and green one are all of two dollars. So, hmm. I mean, the the Gear Hulk cycle, the green one is less than a dollar, and that used to be like a twenty dollar card. But anyways, all right, on to the end. Roger Smith. I perform a much-needed job here in the city of Amnesia. So, that was Big O. I would also suggest watching that. Pretty old, but pretty good. Um, so the outro. So just a little bit about what I've been doing. Um, I finished Hades. I believe I finished it to game completion. Um, but... I still want to run through it a couple more times. I do want to try and do a semi-speed run of myself. I want to see if I can get it below, I think, I think you can get it below, well, for myself, I want to get it below like 15, 20 minutes, uh, but we'll see about that. Other things, I have another D&D game coming up, which is super sweet. I can't wait to do that. I'm hoping to play some more commander decks and some more commander games. Um, I do tend to put a poll, a poll or a question on my Twitter every weekday. Uh, for the most part, it's just questions that pop into my head, things that I really want talked about, everything like that. I am starting to replay StarCraft just because I wanted that feel of Warcraft or of um, Warhammer, but I also don't want to start building a deck on Warhammer, which I could be playing uh, Warhammer Space Marine and uh, a bunch of those Dawn of War kind of games. But... If I can do StarCraft right now, it'll get me get it out of my system. Uh, and like I said, it's going to be three episodes, one being the Zerk, one being uh, the Terrans, and one being the Protoss. Uh, there are other, obviously, other quote-unquote races, or there's one other race, uh, which are the godlike beings, which I feel like... Anyways, anyways, we'll talk about it when it comes time to that. Uh, if you want to get to me, you can... If you want to get to me... Um, you can contact me at WolfieMTG on Twitter or email me at Wolfie12 at gmail.com. Uh, if you have a deck idea or if you have a theme that you really want me to go over, uh, you can send me the deck. Uh, say it's like a Seinfeld deck. I would love to go over it, look at it, and give you suggestions for who I think uh, any of the characters might be. Um, or we can talk about it, stuff like that. Tweet it at me, email it to me, um, and if I really like it, I'll probably feature it on a episode. But yeah, for right now, you know, eventually I'll get somebody else to come on, and and anybody else that I can try and get would be great. If you are listening to this and you're a content creator and you have a theme deck that you really want to show off or to go over and then have uh, scenes cut out from the show that you're watching or the game that you based it off of, I would love to do that. I'll throw it in. And do all the editing, and then, yeah. All right. Well, with that, I just want to say thank you, everybody. And keep it thematic. Look. Pretty, isn't it? Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Too much to one side or the other. 
Concentrate. There. 